Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.45, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. As I said already, this is the third in the series based on Come Thou Found of Every Blessing, the theme for our generosity campaign. And so we read from Paul's letter to the Christians in Ephesus, chapter two, verses one through 10. Listen to the word of God. You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of air, the spirit that is now at work among those who are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of flesh and senses, and we were by nature children of wrath like everyone else. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together through, through together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by faith, excuse me, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Hmm. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. On this Christ the King Sunday, always the last Sunday of the Christian year, as we anticipate the first Sunday of the Christian year next week, the beginning of Advent, it's a time for us as Christians to make our stand. After we have reflected for an entire year and worshiped God the entire year, the last thing we say is that Jesus Christ alone is our King. And it's Christ Jesus in whom we place our trust and to whom we offer our allegiance in all things. And so it seems fitting then that today should be the day when we read from this passage in Ephesians among my favorite passages. It's a place where the Apostle Paul is saying in essence, we serve a God who loves us so much that he does for us in Christ Jesus what we cannot do for ourselves. And as a result, our allegiance belongs solely to him. 
And then, of course, you already know that Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing is among my top three, and I have profusely thanked Mickey, but I'll also thank the choir and Deborah, because praise to the Lord, the Almighty is two of my top three. I can't imagine they didn't want to sing, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, right here at the end of the year. But I want you to hear these words from the second verse of Come Thou Fount. Here I raise mine Ebenezer, hither by thy help I'm come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God, he to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. Isn't that amazing? It's as though Robert Robinson, who wrote this, who penned this hymn in 1758, could read us all, somehow understand where we all live and where we come from. Because if we're honest, we have to acknowledge that there are times, even though we trust and praise God, there are times when we wander. And how amazing it is that God sends Christ Jesus to us to find us. I wish I could remember the name of the person who said, I think it was at a global leadership summit a few years ago, but it might have been somewhere else that you're never really lost as long as somebody is out to find you. I wish I'd said that myself. But isn't that a powerful statement? We're never really lost if there's somebody to find us. And that somebody for us is Jesus. Tyrone was a man who had had a rather difficult life. He had a good home and he loved his parents and he knew that they loved him, but he just found himself in an effort to fit in and to be part of the cool crowd that he was making some really bad choices. In his case, the choices ended up taking him down a path of drugs and honestly, he would be the first to tell you in and out of jail. And he knew that God would want something more for him and he knew that his parents wanted something more for him. But because he knew that and he continued to make some of those choices, it became a vicious cycle. The embarrassment and shame that he felt because of the choices he made seemed to compel him even further to make the same unfortunate, hurtful, unhealthy choices. And so it was one day when he was in jail that he says later that it was as though a light came right to him. Not the kind of light that we see through a beautiful stained glass window, but the kind of light that just seems to come out of nowhere, shining through a darkness and penetrating your very soul. And it was at that same time, Tyrone says, that he heard a voice in his heart that sounded exactly like his own voice, but he knew that it wasn't really his. And the voice said to him, you are loved. 
And even though he knew that in his mind prior to that, he'll say later that he didn't really know. He didn't really know. And that became an immense opportunity for change for him. He knew from that moment on that there was only one way he could possibly come to understand that God loved him that much. And it was what God told him. God, in essence, revealed to Tyrone, I know all about what you've done. I don't love you, and I'm fooled by the choices you've made. I love you then, I love you now, and I'll love you to come. That was just an unconditional message of grace and love that he had never fully appreciated. He'd heard it before. He'd been to church. He'd been to vacation Bible school, but he didn't really hear it until that day. And he was so moved by that grace, so moved by what John Wesley would describe as a strange warming of the heart that it totally changed his life. And from then on, he made it his mission to share the gospel, to proclaim to the, to the whole world God's amazing grace and love. Now, Tyrone never became an ordained pastor. That wasn't his scene, as he would say. But he looked for opportunities. He looked for people. He looked for groups. He prayed that the Lord would bring to him people who needed to hear that reassuring and uplifting message of love. And then he could point to his own life and say, look, in the words of this song, he to rescue me from danger. God found me. I was aimless and wandering. And Jesus sought me. And because of his message, he reached so many people. His was what we would call one of those mountaintop aha experiences that he could forever point back to and say, yep, that was the day that Jesus brought me back onto that path. Sarah and Michael had been married about 12 years They went to church regularly. They had a good marriage. They had three children, the oldest in junior high, and then they had an elementary age child and one not even in preschool. And they would have what they would describe as just a normal, everyday life. But they had an opportunity to meet Tyrone And they heard his message, his profound message of grace that just radically changed his life. And Michael says to Sarah, I I, I don't have anything like that. I don't have an aha. I don't have a powerful message that I could proclaim to all the world. I don't have a testimony. And so they continued to go to church, but Michael became increasingly uncomfortable. He became not resentful, that's too harsh of a word, but he became confused and at least concerned because he didn't think that he really had a particular moment he could turn to in which he said, yep, that's when Jesus rescued me. The 
truth is he and Sarah had grown up in church their whole lives and neither one of them had a particularly exciting adventure away from God. But instead, they'd just always known. Sarah even said as much. She said, well, you know, I just know that Jesus loves us and that's just kind of who we are. But Michael really struggled. He struggled with the fact that he didn't feel God. He didn't have that moment where he could say, I know that I know that I know He wanted something more. He continued to go to church with his wife. He continued to be in men's group. He continued to go to Bible study. But it still ate away at him. And so finally, Michael decided that he would go see his pastor. So he went to see the pastor and he was basically very upfront and bold and told her that he had heard uh, Tyrone speak and that's what he wanted. And the pastor basically asked him some questions. And then, after they visited for some time, Michael decided it would be helpful for Sarah to go with them as well to meet the pastor and so she also would accompany him. And while there, the pastor asked do you, do you believe that who you are and the grace that you've received in God, who you are, life that you've been given, life abundant, life eternal, do you think you could have that on your own, by your own merit, your own work, your own force of personality? And Michael, of course, turned to the pastor and said, no. And she said, well, that's right. That's not something you could do for yourself. It's not something that you have the power to create. And then she said, do you believe that God has given you blessings, blessings of family and community and church? Do do you see the day-to-day blessings that the Lord has bestowed upon you? And, And he said, well, I had never really thought of it that way. And then, of course, The pastor said to Sarah the same thing. She said, Sarah, do you see God's hand at work in the day-to-day mundane of life? And she said, well, I've never really stopped to think about that. And so their pastor said, well, what would it look like if you viewed every single day and every single task and every single relationship and every single effort that you did as somehow an offering to God? And what if you looked for signs of God's grace and mercy and blessing in the everyday events of life? Not some great big moment, not some aha turnaround, but in the day to day of life. And Sarah said that completely changed her attitude. And so then when she was getting the kids ready to school and she was making sure that they had done their homework and checking their, home, checking their homework in their backpacks, all of those things, she said she would just stop and offer that to God. And she would ask God to bless her children through her, to bless her husband through her. 
And she said that when she would cook those wonderful meals for which she was known, she would pray while she was preparing them that even in the day-to-day ordinary of preparing food, that somehow she would be a blessing to God. And she offered that as a gift to him. And she asked God to be a part of her and to be a part of those day-to-day tasks. And when she was at work, she found that the relationships and her colleagues, the staff with whom she met daily, She found that by intentionally asking where was God in the middle of these, giving God thanks for those relationships and friendships, and offering to God the results of all of their labor, she found that she became more aware of God in those everyday moments. It took Michael a little bit longer for him to come to that understanding. But eventually, he was able to see and to accept that God truly was blessing him in ways that he could never have imagined. And that even though he didn't have some aha or fantastic conversion story to tell, he could proclaim that God shows up every day. And he also began to offer to God all of what he was doing. Every day he asked the Lord to put people in their paths whom they could bless and from whom they could learn something. And he asked God not only to bless him, but to reveal to him how much for which he had to be grateful. And so he started looking upon his day-to-day, not expecting that some big outlandish moment would occur, but giving God thanks for being with him every day. Well, you can imagine that with such a change of heart and intentionally asking for God to reveal himself in those day-to-day moments, that their walk with Christ became deeper and deeper and deeper. I have every confidence that most of us wish we had one of those whoa moments. Am I right? I would love that. I would love that. And I think, you know, Lord, it would be so powerful if I could just have some huge experience that would wow everybody. And then everyone would see you through the miracle that you've done. But like most of us, and there may be some of you in this room who have that, who've had that experience, but I'd be willing to bet that most of us have not. We just live life every single day. Some days are exciting, some days are not. Some days are filled with wonder and some days seem not to be. But every single day, God shows up. And not only that, if we're honest, we have to acknowledge that there are times when we do wander. But we don't make our way to God of our own volition. We're not that powerful. We make our way to God for the simple reason that God seeks us. Or, Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. You have an opportunity a week from now to, like Tyrone and Sarah and Michael, to ask first and foremost, how can you repay God for the blessings 
that he's bestowed upon you and maybe even backing it up a little bit further, I pray that you'll be able to say, wow, whether our story's big or small, we have received the grace of God that defies human understanding. And then because of that, to offer to God everything that you do, every friendship, every conversation, whether it's the mundane of day to day or something big and exciting. And you have an opportunity, we have an opportunity next week to say, Lord, I want to, we want to be where you are and we want to invest in what you're doing And I'm gonna tell you, I think this is exactly the time in the life of this church for you to be a blessing. I am confident that what God has next in store for you will be something that you look back upon and say, it may not have been huge or dramatic, but the grace and mercy and love of Jesus Christ was there. And I'm glad I was a part. Will you pray with me? Gracious Lord, our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunities you give us to serve you. We thank you for the ways, big and small, in which you reveal yourself to us. And many of us wish that we had a dramatic moment. But in truth, you offer us grace, mercy, love, relationship, acceptance, forgiveness, salvation. You seek us when we wander away. You welcome us home. You offer us to us to be blessed with kindness beyond measure, not of our doing, but your doing. Open our hearts that we would be a blessing to others. In the precious name of our Savior, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.